Welcome to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruist. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Alicia Flores currently serves as CEO and Vice Chair of L&L Franchise Inc., which has 210 restaurants across the country and in Japan. She's responsible for setting the strategic vision of the company and driving new growth initiatives. She's been instrumental in developing key partnerships to expand the L&L brand, strengthening the brand across markets and implementing national revenue generation programs for the franchisees. Ms. Flores has served on the Board of Directors of Hawaiian Electric Industries since December 2021. Since 2018, she has also served on the Board of Directors of American Savings Bank, a subsidiary of Hawaiian Electric Industries, and she's currently chair of the Audit Committee. In the community, she serves on the Board of Hawaii Pacific Health, Diamond Head Theatre, and the Hawaii Humane Society. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Business from the University of Southern California, and an executive MBA from the University of California, Los Angeles. Alicia Flores, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jill. I love in your bio that, well, first of all, that you're, you're someone who is on many significant boards, but that you have a background in business and finance. And I'm wondering how much your dad had an influence on that when you were young was was growing up in the Flores family something that you were expected to go towards a business career yeah so you know when I when I think about LNL it existed before I did it was created before I was and so I think about LNL as an older sibling it was always in my life Uh, my parents put the same or more time energy love you know all of that into the business um so, you know, for me, it was always expected that I would go into it. Um, you know, the plan wasn't that I'd go into it right away, but the thought was I would always go into business. Um, you know, later on when I went into college, my dad was actually very influential in having me choose finance. I think that was a piece that he was not strong in. So he thought I could get that education and experience and bring that back to the business. Um, as a child, what was it like growing up? Because your your dad... As you said, they'd started building um, the the company and and bringing on franchisees who were then able to make a living and a future for themselves. I mean, I think that was a really huge part of what he did was he gave so many people the opportunity to run their own businesses. As a child, were you aware that that your parents were very involved in in not just growing their own business but in helping other people? do well or was it just part of everyday life that oh we own a restaurant or yeah it was part of everyday life I think I was living in ignorant bliss of just um, having a you know my parents tried to give me a very good and normal childhood which they did and they didn't pull me into the business too much I was around it often Um, but I didn't I don't think I recognized truly what they did for a lot of our franchisees and for a lot of the community here until I came back many years later to be in the business um, how, how was your dad, and I say your dad, and of course, obviously your parents, you know, were, were responsible for building out the chain, but, you know, Eddie obviously is, has been the face of LNL for, since its inception. Um, was he someone who was able to, to switch off at home? You know, so often we hear stories about people who are very driven and, and he's built such a big company. Was he able to come home and just be dad or was he always, always working? So I think he, that's a very interesting question. I, I think he was always, 
his brain is always working, whether it's on LNL or family things. It's just, you know, he has one of those brains, I think an entrepreneur's brain, which is always clicking. It's always at 110%. So even though he would be thinking about work when he was home, he always had time for his family, for me and my sister. Never felt like he, you know, was allocating more time to the business than he was to the family. But LNL definitely was you know, again, a big piece of our life growing up and, and a way that I, I really appreciate all of us. My sister works at LNL as well. You know, all of us really were fine with it. It was it was a big part of our life. The third sibling. The is third sibling. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you go to um, Southern California, you get your Bachelor of Science. Um, and at that point, are you OK, I'm ready to come into the business or did your dad want you to get even more experience? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of family, as you know, there's a lot of family businesses here in Hawaii. And my dad had been speaking to other family business folks. And, you know, one of the folks he spoke to was Warren Luke of Hawaii National Bank. And I think the advice that Warren gives uh, to others is to have your kids work at another company before and get one or two promotions on their own. So that was always kind of the plan in my dad's head. So I never intended to come back right out of right out of college. Um, I ended up getting a job at General Electric, uh, again, working in finance. Um, and so I, you know, I took the job there and the thought was I would work there for a couple of years and then come back home. Uh, what ended up happening is actually I really, really enjoyed my job on the mainland with this large corporate company, working in different business units, traveling around the country and the world. Um, and for a long time, thought about uh, the possibility of staying on the mainland and not coming back to LNL or Hawaii. And did you express that to your family or was that something that you kept to yourself? <laughs> I, uh, I, not in those words exactly, but I, you know, I, I would tell them of the different opportunities I had available and the idea of staying on the mainland. And I'm very lucky in, in the family business sense that my parents never pressured me. I, you know, I think they always hoped that I would come back. But if that wasn't my decision, they never, you know, we never had a conversation, you know, of them telling me I had to come home at a, at a point in time or, you know, uh, when are you going to come back to run the family business? We, we never had conversations like that. They were always supportive of whatever I was doing. Because it is actually, it's a very kind of tenuous thing when you get to second generation of highly successful business owners. And I often think just observing the restaurant industry, it's even more tenuous in the restaurant industry because, and you can correct me here, Alicia, if I'm wrong, but what I see is that the people who start the business restaurant work so hard and are so driven and and really have to be, sometimes I think it's almost like they're fighting a war every day they go to work. It's just so difficult. And because they become successful, their families perhaps have an, a nicer upbringing, perhaps not with the focus on having to be in the trenches. Um, and by the time it comes to second generation taking over, a lot of the time they don't want to. We see that in restaurants more, I think, than anything is the second generation is like, no, I don't want to do what you just did. It's really hard work. Um, in your case, obviously, you've come back to take over and take lead the business into the next generation and do that. But was there ever a point where you just thought, I, I don't want to work that as hard as I've seen them work? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct in your observation, Joe. You know, we have a lot of immigrant franchisees who, you know, the thing I love about restaurant business is you can start at the lowest position, you know, dishwasher, bus 
busboy, cashier, whatever it is. But if you work hard, you can work your way up to the top. And we've had a lot of those situations where a cook would work up to an owner and they might now own one or two stores. And it is, you know, backbreaking job. It is 24-7, you know, no vacations, uh, dealing with issues all day, every day. Um, and a lot of times for those immigrants who work so hard to do that and build a life for their family, they don't want their kid to be in that same situation. They want their kid to go to school, get an education that they did not have um, and have an easier life. Um, you know, for me, a, a little bit different. My dad wasn't in the restaurant. Uh, but, you know, on one hand, what I saw or the the thing that I felt was um, you, this legacy that he had created, you know, L&L for my family was truly the American dream. Mm -hmm. um, my parents both came here with almost nothing, very different situations, but very tough situations for both. Um, and this creation of L&L and how the business had grown is the reason that I, you know, so lucky in the life that I have and in the, the life that our family has. And so to, you know, for me to be able to carry that legacy forward to for, for my parents and also for myself was something that I always in the back of my mind. Um, but there definitely were points in time of, of you know, uh, you know, at GE, I worked in, in different, I worked in entertainment, I worked in finance, I worked in uh, energy. And then to think about how difficult restaurant business is yes. and did I want to go back to restaurant business, you know, s oftentimes the answer was no in my head. And it, it really wasn't until I was in graduate school where I decided that actually it was something that I wanted to do. Um, and coming back to Hawaii was something that was really an interest of mine. So let's talk about how you're moving forward. So now in your role as CEO and as a female CEO, because I hate the fact that we still have to mention that sometimes, but it still is a factor. There still are, you know, fewer. And in a lot of family businesses, um, you know, there is an expectation that the sons will take over. So as female CEO of the company, where are you headed? What do you see for L&L? What kind of changes uh, are you making to something that works extremely well as it is? Yeah, it's it's so interesting. So my dad, as as, as you know, and I've kind of expressed, to me, he is the epitome of an entrepreneur, right? Someone who started with nothing, just hustled, figured out how to get things done and created this tremendous business. And, and because of that, I had a completely different upbringing of, uh, you know, I got uh, very attentive parents. I had uh, so much business education. I worked in the largest cor corporate, uh, you know, corporation in the world. So I have this very different background than, than my dad did. And when I came into the company, we didn't see eye to eye on so many things and strategy was one of them, but it's because of the lens that we were viewing it through, you know, one as an entrepreneur and one kind of with a corporate mindset. And so for me, thinking forward to the strategy, it's taking this really wonderful company that my dad um, and his business partner, Johnson Cam created, but figuring out how do we set a strategy going forward where there is a bit more standardization, a bit more consistency in what we deliver um, and really, you know, grow. How can we do that so we can grow the stores at an even faster rate than we've been doing before? And what an interesting time you are in to be doing it, Alicia. Because as we've learned from the past two years from the pandemic, people are actually eating differently. They want different things from restaurants, and one of the things they want 
is they want to be able to order takeout. They want to be able to walk in and grab and go. And they don't necessarily want to be sitting in large dining rooms anymore. That's practically a model that's made for L&L growth. Absolutely. So we were very lucky in the pandemic and, you know, nothing. It was by chance that we just are, you know, naturally a takeout place. Um, and we were just very lucky to make it through the pandemic. But for example, so one of the things in strategy wise taking us forward is during the pandemic, we created our own LNL app um, to make it even easier for those customers who don't want to sit in the restaurant. They just want to order their food, pick it up and go home where they feel more safe. Um, but they could still enjoy their favorite plate lunch. Um, so yeah, it, you know, restaurant space has truly changed. I mean, you know this and we see this and, you know, it, not really sure how I feel about it for the future because again, there are so many things I think in the restaurant industry that were so unique. Um, and, and now it's, it's, there's been consolidation in the industry and a lot of smaller locations, smaller chains have closed. Um, uh, but we're lucky that we, we survived and finding ways to, uh, make sure we adapt and continue to thrive in the future. And is the menu something that also is changing? I know, you know, your dad has always been very uh, forward thinking with introducing new dishes, with lightening up dishes, with bringing in, you know, sort of special things that attracted a lot of attention, and especially on the mainland when it's thought of as very much a Hawaii place. Um, is that still part of uh, an integral part of the business growth that you're always looking at menu development and redevelopment? Yeah, so it's not, it hasn't been an integral piece of, of LNL. I think every time we bring on different menu items, there definitely is interest in it, but the top sellers always remain, you know, the, the four or five things on our menu that people love, like Which the barbecue are? mix, chicken katsu. Um, actually, by quantity, spam musubi is the thing that we sell the most. Um, so, but we, we want to stay relevant. So we do create new menu items. So for example, this year, we're going to roll out a spicy chicken, um, at location at limited locations. Um, we're always looking to follow what the trends are. Um, but in the end, we want to stay tried and true to the, to the menu items that our customers most, you know, most enjoy. When you have, you know, a number like 210 restaurants, um, with the growth that you still have planned, you have a unique um, challenge, I think, in the consolidating consistency, keeping a message and a brand the same is very difficult. The more people who filter out your brand, is that something too that you look to as a future, uh, maybe not change, but as a challenge where franchisees they need freedom because they need to feel that they're owning their own business, but they also, they have to have some kind of consistency for your brand to continue to grow. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's probably the biggest strategic uh, challenge that we have currently. You know, we, I love that there are so many things about LNL that provide flexibility to franchisees. I think that's something that's very unique to our franchise organization versus other franchise opportunities. And because of that flexibility, we are an option for a lot of people who may not have been able to run, for example, a McDonald's or a Jersey Mike's or something like that. Um, so I love that we're different and that we attract um, a lot of immigrant families or people who wouldn't have opportunities otherwise. That said, 
you know, we do need to think a little bit more about our brand. And if you're a part of our brand, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you can do 100% what you want to do on your own. If, mm-hmm. if you wanted to do that, you should just open your, your own, own restaurant, <laughs> right? But if you're going to be part of L&L, what can we do together so that we can strengthen the brand um, and elevate everybody? Um, it's a big challenge because for over 40 years, we've been doing things in a way where we gave so much flexibility to the franchisees. And now I'm just kind of building, you know, we'll still have flexibility, but there's going to be some barriers that you can't cross um, so that we can have a little bit more consistency within our our program. It's very exciting, actually, I think, for you as the CEO to look out into what's been created and where you can go in this new era of of dining. Um, I really think that that perhaps people are not consciously yet aware how much our dining habits have changed and will continue to change it's going to have a big effect on the market i mean even if you consider real estate you know you may need less real estate moving forward to to fulfill exactly the same number of orders and to grow your company so i think there's just such a lot to consider but for you as the head of it it you're headed into just a very it's like it's really truly the next generation it's different from how your family started and it's you charting ahead and charting new waters are you very excited by everything that you're doing or do you have moments where you go oh my gosh this is this is really huge yeah I have both moments so you know I (laughs) most days I'm very very excited Uh, you know again it's such a privilege for me to be in L&L and to take this this amazing thing that, you know, my dad and, and, and Uncle Johnson created and to carry their legacy forward and to think about how we can even grow it more. On the other hand, it's, it's terrifying to know that it's now in my hands and gosh, I would be, uh, I, I would feel so bad if I, I uh, did anything to, you know, that didn't grow their legacy. Um but, you know, in, in, in the end, I think most days it's very exciting. There are so many opportunities for our brand. This year, we're opening over 15 stores and going into three new states. And just the fact that we're continuing to have this really, really great growth, a lot of interest from new franchisees all over the country, you know, that that's very exciting to me. And the fact that we have franchisees who want to open their second or third store, you know, people believe in the brand. Uh, customers love our food. And so just how do we focus back on those two things that helped us get to where we are and just find ways to do them better? You know, that that's really fun and really exciting. Before we let you go, I want to ask you, because I know there's a lot of people listening who are in family businesses and who are are, are taking the, the helm of, of the business over. Tell us the best thing and the worst thing about working in a family business. Oh my gosh, the best thing and the worst thing. You know, I, I think the best thing for me has been, yeah, I, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, I think, but my, you know, my parents did so much to just build this business and give my sister and I this really great life that we're very lucky to have. And so the best thing for me is being part of this. I know they love that we're still part of this business, something that they created, the legacy that they started. And for them, I think it's it's very nice to know that their kids are still part of it, wanted to be part of it, and can take it to another level. So to me, that's the best thing, knowing uh, that I can, in a small way, give back to my parents. Um, the most difficult thing, I think, um, 
is that probably business absorbs most of the conversation between me and my dad. Uh, even though I'll see him in the office, uh, you know, when work is pow, I might still be calling him or he might still be calling me about work things. And I, I don't think either of us dislikes that, but it's probably very unusual to have that in your family. Um, so maybe uh, work is on our mind too much. <laughs> so maybe set a, a few barriers to just continue to have fun and just talk about other things, other things if you yeah. possibly can. <laughs> well, we wish you much success. It's going to be really fun to see how the L&L chain continues to grow and uh, to, especially in Hawaii because we just, we know, we love our food and we love to see uh, homegrown talent, which is becoming more important than ever before uh, being given opportunities. So continued success. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Alicia Flores is the CEO of and Vice Chair of L&L Franchising. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruis. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Do join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business. <laughs>